happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cindy Robinson. I'm Ashley Amos. And I'm Caroline Gonzalez. And we are here for another episode. You guys, this weekend is so exciting. We have so much going on. Tonight, Pelicans game. Tomorrow, oh no. Sunday, Sunday, open practice for Pelicans, and then Monday night football. That is probably the most exciting thing going on around here on Airline Drive. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of Pelicans basketball, a little Saints football, and all that's going on over there with Drew Brees and the exciting things that may happen on Monday. So who's excited for Monday night football? This is my first Monday night football game that I'm working. Mine too. Actually, not, not mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually, you're the vet here. You gotta let us know what to expect. You no, know? I mean, I think it's always uh, that the atmosphere in the dome is always something that's so you know electric, and it doesn't matter if it's a Sunday noon game, a Sunday night yeah. game, a Monday night game, a Thursday night game. You're always gonna get that electric feel and that energy, which makes is what makes the Superdome the Superdome. But I think there is always a little extra added, like, fun, you yeah. know, and excitement. I mean, first off, it's a Monday, so everyone has something to look forward to. I mean, not to mention that we get to come to work later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I think it's something that's motivating everyone all day. It's something that's on everyone's mind. And, I mean, we have a lot to look forward to on this Monday. We have Mark Ingram coming back, uh, Drew Brees 201 yards away from being the NFL all-time passing leader. Uh, so, you know, and the Saints are kind of rolling now. They're starting to groove. They're starting to get into the right mindset. So I think it's a, it's an exciting time to be a New Orleans Saints fan. Um, Caroline, what are you looking forward to most about this Monday Night Football matchup? Well, um, Ashley brought it up before about this being the Crucial Catch Breast Cancer Awareness Game. So I just thought of a pink dress that I'm going to wear. So I'm excited for that. Oh, <laughs> I need to find an outfit. I just was thinking that, like, I need to wear my pink this year. I'm all thing is i want to wear a dress but i'm on the sideline and it's kind of uncomfortable you know i get down on you know the ground sometimes <laughs> trying to get snaps and instagram stories and stuff so i i gotta think comfortable so maybe i'll get a cute little pink top or something so a really on fun a, fact oh, no so, go ahead Carolyn. no more on a on a more serious note on mondays are just very exciting because throughout the whole day you're just like uh it's monday you know you get your coffee in the morning it's just kind of dragging on but now we have something to look forward to um to go to the superdome at night and obviously join the best fans in the world so I'm excited for that. So a little bit of a fun fact on you mentioned the crucial catch mm -hmm. game being on Monday. So Tanya Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, actually was one of the people that kind of propelled and started this idea of um, a crucial catch game. Uh, she, 20 years ago, uh, she partnered with uh, Zeta Taafa, uh, a sorority that... Um, I also happen to be a part of, <laughs> so <laughs> shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to them. Um, and I'm actually serving currently as the NFL coordinator through Zeta to help um, get those games, That's you know, awesome. scheduled throughout the year. Um, but no, so um, yeah, we're celebrating the 20th season, which mm -hmm. is such a cool thing that this partnership has gone on for 20 years now. You know, originally was more breast cancer focused. Now it's kind of gone to all cancers. Uh, but you know, what an what an accomplishment and something that I think is just a really unique part of the NFL today. That leading up into that, this past week uh some of the guys from the saints went to the tansy center um <laughs> at oshner so that's on our the recap of it is on neworleansaints.com definitely check that out because i think that's cool that they were able to get out in the community the, with such a busy week you know everything got pushed back kind of for them this week but they were always 
I think all week they've been in here regardless. Like mm. off days are not a thing for them right now, but they still found time to, you know, go and spend some time with those patients. So I think that's amazing. And it's kind of great, too. I uh, One of my really good friends, one of my best friends, actually, um, her mom is a, breast, a two-time breast cancer survivor. Wow. And she will be at the game Monday oh, and awesome. kind of a part of the celebration. So that's always something that's really cool um, just to see and uh, be a part of. And it's bigger than football. So be sure um, if you're a fan coming to the game, you get, you get a pink ribbon from one of the lovely Zetas and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you wear it with pride. So. That's awesome. All right. So about this Monday Night Football, there's like a lot of little nuances to this game. One being that, oh, at least this week, we saw Mark Ingram back in practice, which had all the players super excited. How Everyone, cool is it that he showed up at the airport? That was, I think that was the best thing ever. Like, you know, he, he knew it's time. I'm coming back, but I'm going to be there to greet my homies after the win against the Giants. That was that was great though. You could tell everybody was happy to see him and have him back. But like in practice on yesterday on yesterday practice yesterday they had welcome back by uh, by mace and you know mark is dancing. <laughs> he, he can never not dance like that's just his thing and you could tell uh craig robertson was super happy to have him back but the whole team noticed like the his presence oh 100 you know, the energy that's all they kept saying the energy you could tell was off from the first game so to have him back that's going to be completely different for them well, i feel like you uh, you know you were in the locker room yesterday w- with me cindy mm-hmm. but you could just feel the vibe mm-hmm. was a little bit different yep. you know there was just this different excitement this different almost like fun like playfulness yep. that we all saw uh last year on the team with the team chemistry and i think I don't know. I think he's going to bring and breathe a new energy and a new life into the into the offense and just like the overall teams. I don't know, just their mentality. Yeah. You yeah. know, I would agree. And I think they're they're a quarter of the way through, and that's just another voice and, like you said, another energy that they. I don't want to say desperately need, but it's just a new life. Like you said, it's it's a breath of fresh air for them. And yeah. taking a little bit of weight off of Alvin's shoulders, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> for sure. I know he was probably the most excited <laughs> to have Mark back. He's, he's been the most vocal, obviously, because like, mm-hmm. that's his brother at this mm-hmm. point. They, you know, have trained together, everything, all of this. But, you know, in the back of his head, he's like, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Take some of this. But he's honestly, he's done really well, you know, taking on that load and stepping up. I'd say, he's done, I'd yeah. say he's done pretty well. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know he's, all right. yeah. he's, he's offensive regular year for a reason, huh? He's yep. living up to that still. Um, okay, so then the most second, I guess, the nah, probably the most exciting thing that may happen on Monday, Ashley. We kind of already touched on it, yeah. so I was just, but you know, yes, Drew Brees, 201 yards away um, from bring, uh, being the NFL all-time passing leader, which um, it was funny yesterday, I think it was uh, JD, John DeShazer, um, you know, our in, in-house guy, asked him a question, he's like, how do you block out the noise? And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously he's joking, but yeah. I think one thing that makes Drew Brees, Drew Brees, is that... You know, obviously this is a a momentous, like, accomplishment, and this would be something that would be so huge. But his focus is not on this. You know, he has said multiple times, one day down the road he'll look back and reflect, but today is not that day. Mm -hmm. And I think his focus going into this game is going to be on winning the football game and what he can do to help the team win. And obviously I think when it happens, there will be a moment for him to kind of celebrate and people to recognize. But I think it would mean – it won't mean the same if the team doesn't win. If right. the team wins, like I think that's the cherry on top. But I think 
ultimately, like that is what Drew Brees' focus is for to get the team and put the team in the best situation to win the football game. Well, that was one thing that I was wondering. Like I kind of wanted to ask him in the locker room yesterday, but I was like, eh, let me not because I I figured he'd just give me the you know standard answer. But I was gonna say, do you ever take the time to really celebrate your accomplishments? Like, and I don't think he does. I you know, I think maybe he like has with been... his children and his family. Well, but not no, because really, you know? I honestly think he's been you know obviously doing the uh, nine for nine mm -hmm. um, episodes. We sat down with him for a long time in an in, in interview and with his wife Brittany and both of them talked about how there will come a day and come a time when he can look back and reflect yep. on his yeah. career but that is not that time yep. and I mean I think it's only human nature that he has to be kind of excited mm -hmm. and you know he mentioned yesterday in the locker room that uh he thinks his wife has probably talked to his kids about it, but it's not really a subject that's been brought up in the house. Yeah. And so again, I think if you are a Saints fan and obviously you're excited for Drew Brees to have this accomplishment, but you're going to be more excited for the team to get the W. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where uh, Drew Brees' mentality is. He wants to get the W for his team. I would agree. I think it's going to be something in the back of his mind, but I don't think it's going to be one of those things where after the game he goes out with his family and, you know, gets drinks and things like that. I think it's just if they get the win, they get the win, and he'll focus on this week and then next week. I don't think it's going to be one of those things that he dwells on for a long time. I think that's the way he's been with his accolades before, and I think it's going to be the, be the same thing now. Agreed. We'll talk more about the game with Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post, but first a word about the Sanderson Farms Championship. Now joining us is Steve Gent from Sanderson Farms Championship. He's the executive director. Thank you for joining us, Steve. You're welcome. Okay, so first, can we talk a little bit about the Sanderson Farms Championship? What is it? Absolutely. So um, we are a PGA Tour event in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, coming up here the week of October 22nd through the 28th. And this is our 51st year at the PGA Tour tournament. We started in 1968 in Hattiesburg and then um, and moved up here to Jackson in 1994. So we're excited about, about this year. Um, we're one of 47 events on the PGA Tour and part of their FedEx Cup playoff series. So it's, a, uh, it's an honor to have an event like this in, in the state of Mississippi. How do like, the people in Mississippi uh, respond to this event? Like, is it a good turnout? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, you know, we're Mississippi's only major league sporting event. Um, you know, we've got some minor league baseball, uh, you know, at the coast and here in, here in Jackson and, um, you know, some other kind of one-off events that come through. But in terms of a consistent major league professional event, we're the only one. Um, and, yeah, we average probably 30,000 guests during the week of the tournament. Uh, we are right in the middle of football season. So um, we understand there's some other, other distractions going on at the same time. But, um, you know, we, we do draw a, a great crowd, and a lot of the success of our tournament is really measured by um, sponsorships through hospitality and pro-ams and, uh, and branding, um, which helps drive our, our donations to charity. Uh, speaking of charity, so which charity will these donations be going to? Sure. Our, our primary charity for the tournament is, is Friends of Children's Hospital, an organization that supports uh, ongoing efforts at Batson Children's Hospital, which is a part of Children's in Mississippi. It's Mississippi's only uh, hospital dedicated solely to the uh, care and treatment for children. Okay, that's great. Okay, so 
Now I want to know how many people are participating in the tournament. Uh, we'll have a field of 132, wow. 132 professional golfers, uh, and and a couple amateurs. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a pretty standard size field for a fall event on the PGA Tour. You know, when you get into the fall, you don't have enough as much daylight as you do in the summer. So to to get you know, 132 golfers through in, in the time amount of daylight you've got on Thursday and Friday is tough. But um, we're looking forward to really a really strong field. Are there any specific names that PGA fans would recognize? Oh, absolutely. Um, and we've got several of our past champions. So players like um, Chris Kirk and Lucas Glover, and Peter Malnati and, and Cody Gribble, um, guys like uh, Bill Haas, major winners like Retief Goosen, Angel Cabrera. Um, it's a... It's a really strong field. I mean, Ben Ben Crane, um, Billy Hurley. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm just looking at my list right now. Stuart Appleby, wow. Hunter Mahan, uh, Aaron Badley. So, yeah, we've got we've got quite a, you know a, a list of players that PJ Tour fans will recognize. And what's it like for you being involved in such a historic event? Oh, well, it's, one, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's kind of a dream job, and I think uh, myself and my staff of, of five that work on this event all year long, um, this is really kind of where we want to be in, in our careers and in sports. I mean, it, a lot of our friends say, wow, you work all year long on, on one golf tournament, and the answer is, you know, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's, you know, we, we generated $1.5 million last year to charity. Um, you know, it's I guess it would be like working for the New Orleans Saints, you know, planning the football season all year long. They've got a staff of probably hundreds. So, right. Um, it's uh, it's great. I mean, it's you know, there's 45 head coaches, or I guess 32 head coaches in the NFL. There's 45 tournament directors, executive directors on the PGA Tour, and I'm fortunate to be one of them. So it's a it's a pretty cool job. It sounds fun. So where can people find more information about the tournament if they want to purchase tickets or donate? Um, everything anybody needs to know is on our uh, website, which is uh, SandersonFarmsChampionship.com. Okay. We've got information on there about tickets, about sponsorships, uh, about volunteer opportunities, so t- schedule of events player field will go up there here pretty soon so anything you need to know about it is sandersonfarmschampionship.com we're also on twitter and instagram um and you know facebook all the social media platforms and we're always putting information out there about the tournament so um i would you know there's there's no lack of outlets for somebody to go and, and find information about the tournament perfect is there anything else you want to add about the tournament yeah i would tell you it's you know, it's a great time uh, to, for a family to come out and see some of the, you know, the top 132 players in the world. Um, it's very affordable. I mean, I, I spent 20 something dollars for two of us to spend 90, 90 minutes of the movies the other night. Right. Um, for, you know, for $60, a family of four can come out to the tournament, spend the entire day. Our concessions are affordable. Um you know, the, the weather is looking to be gorgeous here in a couple of weeks. Right. And, uh, you know, and again, all what we do is for charity. Yeah. So, you know, we would just ask, hey, come out. Every ticket that somebody purchased goes towards our efforts to support Batson and the, and the children of Mississippi. So it's um, 
it's definitely a worthwhile cause, and you can have fun doing it at the same time. And that sounds good to me. I wish I could come. It's kind of during my work time and, you know, like you said, football season, but it sounds like an amazing time. It, yeah, it will be. I, you know, we're always kind of, you know, opposite some football. This year, Ole Miss has an off weekend. So, we, you know, I think State hosts Texas A&M at home, but we tell all all football fans, especially Ole Miss ones, if you don't have a home game, come on out to the Sanderson Farms Championship. Yeah, there you go. You guys got plans now if you're not doing anything out there in Mississippi. Thank you so much for joining us, Steve. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Y'all have a great weekend, too. Thank you to Steve. Should be a great turnout for the Sanderson Farms Championship. Joining us now to talk a little bit about the Monday night football game is Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post. Jerry, thanks for joining us. No problem. My pleasure. Jerry, so I'm curious, the Saints over the past four weeks have had kind of a three-headed monster with Drew Brees, uh, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. And now, of course, the big news is that they're getting Mark Ingram back. But an even bigger news is a Washington defense who has been t- doing pretty well this year. How do you think they're going to match up against the Saints in this week? You know, it's interesting. Uh, the, the Redskins defense has been as good as I've seen it uh, in four seasons. Um, the, the first three games, but it's just a three-game sample size. So exactly what are they? I think the Saints will be the first team that tests them in multiple ways, you know, especially, like you said, now that Ingram is back, uh, they can do power run games. They can do all the versatile stuff that Alvin Kamara can do in the run game and in the passing game. Mm. And then you've got Breeze and Michael Thomas and, and just a, a dynamic passing game to contend with as well so uh most of the teams that they played so far you know with the exception of green bay uh you know had very significant flaws on offense and they played green bay in in a game that was just terrible weather it rained the entire afternoon so that maybe mitigated some of the things that the packers could do so this is an incredible test and uh, i think you you know you start you know if you're if you're the skins you start and you say if there's one thing, one guy we could limit, they would want it to be Kamara. Mm. Um, but, I mean, Breeze is just so good. You know, whatever you do um, to try to load up on him, there's so many counter options to it. And so I think this is one of those games in which, realistically, you look at it and you say, you're going to give up yards and you're going to give up points, but be competitive. You know, how about field goals instead of touchdowns and some of the red zone opportunities and, and things like that. How about, uh, you know, Breeze has always been a, a ridiculously aggressive quarterback. Um, so there'll be opportunities to get picks if you got to get them. And I think that's kind of how they have to look at it. And on offense, they have to look at it. They really got to control the ball and keep the Saints off the field. So the Redskins run game with Adrian Peterson, that seems revitalized is going to have to come up in a big way. Um, Jerry, coming off the bye week, uh, you know, you, I believe you've gotten Chris Th- running back Chris Thompson back. Uh, talk about what that means for the Redskins going into this game. Um, they're a little bit more healthy um, coming up against um, a, a strong Saints defense. Yeah, they had some guys that were a little banged up. Uh, you know, Peterson and ankle. Um, Chris Thompson, for the most part, is fine. The, the biggest concern is uh, Trent Williams, who, who had a minor uh, knee surgery to, to uh, kind of alleviate some pain. 
and exactly what is Trent going to be like on Monday, we don't know. And then they have uh, uh, one of their guards, uh, Sean Laval, is likely out. So there is uh, some shuffling going on there with the offensive line. So they've got they've got some issues. Uh, the latest thing would be Josh Doxson, the wide receiver. He got kicked, uh, you know, in his heel, and and he's missed some practices. So exactly how explosive is he going to be is a question as well. So for a team that's coming off of a bye. Uh, they're not as healthy as you would like them to be, mm-hmm. and, and it'll be interesting to see uh, whether that even matters on Monday. Now, Washington is 2-1, despite you know all the things you just talked about, but they've experienced a drought in the second halves of their two wins. They've been not scoring any touchdowns. So what would you say has been their biggest issue with putting together a complete game? Well, I, I think part of it on offense is uh, – that they've tried to sit on leads and they haven't been as aggressive. And, and Jay Groot has even said he, he needs to call the game more aggressively in the second half because they've gotten off to, to such big leads and they've just wanted to kind of slow the game down and, and run the ball and not make any fatal mistake on third down. So I think he knows, especially coming off of what happened last year. I mean, last year was just, uh, a devastating loss that the Skins had to the Saints, um, and a loss when you, when you factor in the way they lost that game. You know, giving up 15 points, two touchdowns to Breeze to force overtime, losing it in overtime. Chris Thompson breaking his leg in that game uh, when he was one of the best weapons in the NFL at that point in the year. Uh, that was just a loss that just, I mean, it it, it kind of ruined the whole season. They they never. They never were the same team really after that. So uh, I think they're going into this game knowing that you can't sit on a lead against the Saints. I mean, they average 34, 34 and a half points per game. Um, so, uh, and they just saw what Breeze did to them a year ago. So I think they're going to, if they get off to a good start, I think they're going to be more ambitious in the second half. But obviously with ambition, you know, can, can – uh, you know, mistakes can happen. Turnovers can happen. Uh, so they have to be careful there as well. Of course, I think every Saints fan remembers that game from last year. Sorry, because it was such a good comeback. I but... had a heart attack dang near <laughs> throughout the game. <laughs> but, Jerry, is there anything specific from, from this year's game that you're excited to see? Obviously, we have, we have Drew Brees um, and his, his – um, accolades coming up but is there anything specific other than that that you're looking forward to see from the Redskins or or something like that yeah I, I think you know the, the big thing for me you know as as just an overall fan in the NFL I don't know what to make of the Saints right now um, just because I thought last year last year they were so much tougher and their defense was dramatically improved and uh, this year I mean they've been giving up points like crazy uh, you know, I believe they're they're giving up 30 points per game, uh, giving up a good amount of yards. Like, is that just because of a small sample size in the first month of the season, or have they regressed? Because if they regress to that team that scores a lot, gives up a lot, uh, they're not going to be a contender for the Super Bowl. And I went into this year thinking, all right, when I look at the NFC, I look at four teams. I look at the Rams. I look at the Eagles. I look at the Vikings, and I look at the Saints. So and if the Saints the aren't one of those four, um, 
you know, that kind of throws me for a loop. So I'm really interested to see, you know, if they can take a step forward on the defensive end. And, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're playing against a team that, as good as the Redskins have looked so far, uh, I mean, a lot of it is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. So if your defense is right um, and you're ready to play, they, they should look good at times, at least on Monday. And if they don't, that would concern me. You know, I would look at them and say, oh, well, the Saints are probably a 10-6 and team that's going to lose uh, its first playoff game as opposed to one that could you know, win 12 or 13 games and really be a serious contender. An obvious storyline for this Monday night matchup, uh, Drew Brees is just 201 yards away from being the all-time NFL leading passer. Um, Talk about, you know, as a team coming into this game, obviously you don't want anyone breaking records on you or on your defense. Uh, Is that something that's kind of known in the Redskins locker room or is it, you know, just kind of not something they're thinking about? Oh, oh, they know it. Um, (laughs) And it's a little bit different than like, you know, a back needs 85 yards to get to 2,000 for the season. Um, because with Breeze, you know, you'd have to play a heck of a game to hold Breeze to under 201 yards. Right. <laughs> so I think you go into it just kind of assuming that there's going to be this moment where he completes this pass and the game is going to stop and the crowd, which is already ridiculous and one of the best in sports, is going to get <laughs> – even louder than they ever are, and it's just going to be this big party for a moment. Now, I think if you're the Skins, you look at it and you say, don't let that happen in the first half. <laughs> you know, Don't let him be en route to 400 yards and just slicing and dicing you like crazy. Um, so they got pride, and, and, and they want to limit him, but I think they know, especially with all the energy that they're going to put to stopping the run, that it's going to be exceedingly difficult to keep Breeze from breaking that record. So I think they're just resigned to the fact that there's going to be a point in this game where even they will have to appreciate the greatness of one of the best quarterbacks ever. And also, even though he's a surefire Hall of Famer, one of the most underrated quarterbacks ever. Uh, One last question for you, Jerry. With Monday Night Football, there's so much excitement and attention how much of that plays a factor on the performances of both teams? Um, you know, if you look at the Redskins' history, uh, uh, they played better on Sunday night games, but on Monday night they've been a bit of a disaster uh, <laughs> over the last 10 years. Um, and they've been the classic team that just, like, is not ready for prime time. And um, I do think that, that there is that that stage – um, even though Monday Night Football isn't what it used to be, I mean, that stage is still something significant. And when you're on the road against one of the most consistent teams in the NFL, um, it's a time where you either prove yourself um, or you show yourself to be a bit of a fraud. And um, I do think them being a young team, Jay Gruden has only coached in one playoff game in four-plus seasons. Uh, they got a lot of guys on this team that just don't have that experience. Um, the stage could be a factor for them. Now, what they're hoping is they've got Adrian Peterson, uh, who's been there, done that. You've got Alex Smith, who, while he is a Drew Brees, he's a guy who has won a lot of games and been able to lead his team to, uh, to the playoffs. 
So they're hoping that his poise uh, is a factor there as well. But, um, I mean, there's no question that here in D.C., that's one of the significant storylines of the week. You know, are the Washington Redskins ready for prime time? And even the most passionate Redskins fan has to kind of like cower in the back and say, I don't know. (laughs) So this team has a lot to prove on Monday. Jerry, are you making the trip down to New Orleans for the game? Oh, yes, I am. You know, I will be there um, Saturday night. So don't nobody blame me for coming two days early. (laughs) (laughs) We know. We understand completely. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you have a good time when you get here. I'm sure we'll meet you on Monday. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be wonderful. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, take care. Switching over to the other side of the parking lot, our Pelicans are in New York right now getting ready for their game against the Knicks. Ashley, you went to the first two preseason games I did. in Chicago and Atlanta. You traveled with the team. Gave us some great photos, by the way. Thank you very much. Absolutely. What were you seeing, I would say, that stood out to you about not our starters? Well, yeah, actually start with the starters because that's one of the first times we've seen them you know, playing together with the new additions of Julius Randle and Alfred Payton. So what stood out to you? I think there's a lot of things to be really excited about for this Pelicans team. You know, this would be my fifth season with both teams. And coming into this season, I think there's just like a different vibe. And there's a different mentality. And I think that is because the chemistry for this team is already already exists. You know, obviously we lost some key key components to the team, but we gained some key components. And I think everyone shares the same mindset of team first. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one thing I think that you had to love if you watch the two preseason games, it looks like Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday are just picking up right where they left off. You know, Drew was on fire. He looked like that same confident Drew you saw towards the end of the season, taking those shots, draining some threes. Um, Anthony looks better than ever, um, poised to have a great um, an MVP-type season run. Um, you know, and I think you also have to like the additions of an Alfred Payton. He really fits in nicely. Yep. He looks a lot like a, a Rajon Rondo on mm-hmm. the court. He um, has a good command of the court. You know, I think there's still some things that they're working out, but I think you have to be excited about that that addition. I think the addition of Julius Randle is a huge addition. Um, you know, obviously he's suffering suffered a little injury, minor injury. Yeah. I don't think it will be anything too serious. That I think will, by opener he'll be a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so I think you have to be excited about Julius and his aggressiveness to the basket, his ability to get under there and rebound. I think he complements AD really nicely. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you have to be excited. I think this team, you know, obviously there's not as many quote-unquote big names as some of the other teams in the West, but I don't think it's necessarily always about that. It's about how the team gels. It's about the team chemistry. It's about everyone's mentality on the court. And I think that you have to, from what you've seen just in these two preseason games, you have to be excited about that. I mean, another person that I'm super excited about, and when he kind of got, um, you know, tweaked his ankle a little bit again, I was like, my heart dropped because I was like, no, Frank, no. But um, Frank Jackson, I mean... He, if there's anybody that deserves to have a good season and have a good debut season, it's that guy. You well, know? something that stood out to me about him already is that he's not afraid. Like, he's 
throwing his shots up. He's going in there with the confidence that I may not make this one, but I'm going to keep going because it's not like you don't stop. You know? Exactly. But and I was about to say Gentry kind of touched on that, how his over aggressiveness was maybe a little too aggressive sometimes. <laughs> but I think that's the mentality you have to have coming into the NBA, yeah. that there's nothing I can't do and there's no shot I can't make. And he has the talent and the work ethic to back it up and I think you need to understand that he has the green light from Alvin Gentry though we want you to have the best shot selection right now is your opportunity to kind of get those kinks out and and kind of get back in the flow of things he hasn't played an NBA game since ever you know like he hasn't played so he played in the G League for that one game and got injured but he needs to kind of get in the flow of an NBA game and so I think right now is his opportunity to have that green light and Though he needs to maybe improve his shot selection a little bit, I think he needs to attack the basket and continue to do that. But to your point, AD and Drew, like you said, picked up exactly mm-hmm. where they, they they were last year. And I think on offense, but also on defense, I think yeah. um, Drew Holiday looked great defensively in the first half of last game. So did AD. Um, one thing I would like to see is our, um, I want to say, quote-unquote, tryout players um, make a little bit more of a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. I think they need to be better – this weekend than they were last weekend or at the beginning of this mm-hmm. week. And I think they need to kind of make their name known a little bit more. Um, and that might be hard, but that's something that you just have to kind of suck up and do at this point in the year. Um, but I, I do like Alfred Payton. I like Julius Randall. I like Jaleel Okafor. We haven't seen a ton of them, especially with injuries, but I think these are two Jaleel and I mean, uh, Julius and Alfred are two guys who though we've heard a lot of Pelicans fans say, why do we give up Boogie and Rondo? like you said, their team first. And I don't want to say anything negative about the people that we lost because there's not really much to say, but these two guys have a great mentality and they're definitely team first and they want to see the Pelicans succeed. They've slid into their roles really well and they have the mindset of, you know, whatever the team needs us to do, we're going to be here to do. They're already finding the chemistry within each other. And I know Drew was extremely happy with, like, playing with Alfred. He said it, like, I'm able to chill on the wing and, you know, just let him do his thing. Like, that's cool. It takes off pressure from me. So it's good to see that the vets are, you know, embracing the new change and liking what they're seeing with the team. I would argue that this preseason is probably one of the more – important preseasons the Pelicans have had Mm -hmm. just because of all the different rotations and the roster they're trying out. Yeah. Do you put, you know, you have Julius, you have Nico, obviously Nico hasn't been available the last two games, but you know, you have, where where how are they going to fit in with ad you know you have alfred you have frank you have you know drew you have you know etuan you have all these guys like who's going to be in what you know what is going to end up being your starting five Mm. and i think that's you probably won't know that leaving the preseason i think it'll probably take the first 10 to 15 games in the regular season to truly iron out all those details. But it's so nice for the first time. I feel like the Pelicans can say they truly have depth coming off Mm -hmm. the bench, which I feel like is something the team has lacked. Well, with that too, coming off the season they had last year, they're trying to go further. You know what I mean? They're trying to continue on the success that they had, but even go further this year. So everyone's in the buy-in, they're buying into the process, you know, it seems like everyone's in good spirits and on the same page. So I'm excited about the season starting. Uh, we still haven't got to see them play. Uh, we haven't, Caroline and I, haven't got to see them play live yet. You have. Uh, we'll have the first preseason game next week at the Smoothie King Center, though. That'll be fun. But before then, though, is the open practice on Sunday. If you guys want to come see your Pelicans practice and interact with them, I know they're going to be doing a few things after the practice. You guys go to New Orleans. I mean, not New Orleans Saints. Pelicans.com, you know. 
Pelicans.com and get your tickets for Sunday's open practice at Smoothie King Center. We'd love to see you all there, of course. But tonight, the New York Giants, I mean, New York, look, New York, New York Knicks game uh, will be, you can listen in on 99.5 WRNO with Daniel Salerson and Mr. Sean Kelly. And just a quick reminder about football, no Sunday game, but Monday night football on ESPN. In the Superdome, if you have tickets, you know, if you haven't got your tickets yet and you're still looking to go, NewOrleansSaints.com. Check it out. We'd love to see you in there. Remember, we need it loud for the players. Um, I think that's it, though. You guys have a good weekend. Thanks for tuning in.